Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard, and I am joined every week by the lovely, the vivacious, the effervescent... Ace Lynn Campbell. What do you want from me? <laughs> oh, you think I'm buttering you up? I don't know what I think. <laughs> I think that you have a, a way about, like, saying all the right words sometimes. Thank you. We have talked about so many weather events in 2021, <laughs> and we woke up I this morning survive. to a brand new one the flooding what else am i going to talk about i mean okay here's the thing we're underwater it's not that we have a problem with flooding because this is pretty normal the the flooding part of it we're kind of used to it's the fact that it's as if once a month since 2019 Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've been dealing with something and i'm not talking about just us i'm talking about like all of Texas and the entire planet, it feels like. And it's just a lot. We had a rain event overnight and into the day. And our backyard is underwater. We went out to the farm today. It's underwater. Yeah. You know what made me grumpy? I f***ing left an entire <laughs> basket of my seeds in the garden. I didn't even realize it till we went out there today. And it was all the seeds that I'm planting right now. Those, so are, the, those are the important ones. Sunflower seeds. The last of the squash I'm planting, the last of the melons I'm planting, all my basil, my okra, the stuff I'm planting right now. You went out to the farm today, you found a basket of seeds that you'd accidentally left behind and now they're soaking wet. What does that mean? Are the seeds no good anymore? Pretty much. I had to go planting as quickly as I possibly could Uh and now I've laid them all out on the table, but... They're going to be no good. Can't go, can't go buy more? Although these are the ones that you of had collected. Of course I can go buy more. But now it's to the point of buying the next season's seeds. Oh. This was now seeds. It's a, it's a process dilemma. It just makes me feel stupid. Is this weirder weather than normal? You know what they say about Texas? No. If you don't like the weather, wait 30 minutes. No. This isn't weirder than normal. The timing is a little different than it normally is. Because normally this type of thing is happening in like April. Maybe the end of March. Maybe May, but still, I mean, we're like deep in May now. And then, of course, it also happens in like October. So we have flooding seasons and we also have Texas summer thunderstorms. But usually when we get the thunderstorms, we've been in drought for so long. We welcome them. Yeah, that it runs off pretty quickly. It's been raining for like two weeks at this point. Yeah. Like, we'd probably gone six months without any rain. Significant rain, yeah. Yeah, and now it's just coming and coming and coming and coming. And and I've done a lot to prep for those things. My gardens are prepared for that. But even still, it's a lot of rain. That's a lot of rain. So I think it's not that it's a different weather event than what we're used to. I think it's just that it's one thing after another, after another, after another. And... I'm not upset about the rain. I'm upset about my own stupidity. The seeds. Yes. We are recording this on Wednesday, the night of the farmer's market. The farmer's market was canceled, except that my meat vendor had made so many orders with customers that she said, I'm coming into town. Just meet me in the parking lot if you've made an order. This is our first big chicken purchase since the freeze. Mm -hmm. That freeze that we talked about back in February completely messed that entire industry up. So this is the first time that we're able to really buy chicken bulk since then. But I did get many packages of wings. In fact, what about a wing challenge? 
What would the wing challenge be? Just different flavors of wings. What's the challenge to that, though? Different amazing flavors of wings and wing sauces. Taste delicious wings. We just do it like we do? Yeah. Ooh. Unanswered questions. I've learned there's one guy you don't mess with. Who that? Chili Killy. (laughs) That guy can mess you up. Chili Killy. So I mentioned last week that I have a breakfast that we eat every week. You know, I gave you the whole list and I said it actually reminds me very much of a recipe that I know or a pretty traditional taqueria breakfast. And I called it, I don't know, I can't remember what it's called, chilequiles uh-huh. something. It is chilequiles. Yes. Chilequiles. I've never eaten that one time. Never? Never. And it is exactly what I suggested. It's basically like... A tortilla chip and some egg and some cheese and then of course salsa and potatoes and beans and whatever else you choose to put on it. It piqued my curiosity. I want to make it here in the house. I want to call it a breakfast nacho. Well, I looked but it's it, chilequiles. I looked it up. You fry your tortilla wedges until they're crisp. You simmer those fried tortillas and salsa, and then you serve it with garnishes, fried eggs, beans, and then they suggest the recipes that I was looking at, nopalitos, which is not something that we eat in our house very often. No, but we can get nopalitos Oh, no doubt. Here. No doubt. And nopalitos is... We harvest that from the learning garden, yeah, actually. Yeah, Spanish for cactus. And you'll mm-hmm. see that down here in nopales. South Texas. Nopales. Sometimes it's thin slices of the, of the cactus. What would you call that? A leaf? The paddle. There, there you go. And you incorporate that into an egg dish often. But don't run out and eat a paddle of cactus. No, no, no. It needs to be prepped. Because this is a very specific one that doesn't have thorns on it. <laughs> and then you... I didn't like this chastisement last week. <laughs> we talked about your Beastie Boys t-shirt, which is still on the way. You don't have it yet. We'll post a picture of you wearing that thing whenever it finally arrives. And uh-huh. I, of course, in my, like... Musical Tourette's mind, I immediately went to Intergalactic, which you said was the inappropriate, what, Beastie Boys song to sing. In my opinion, if the first song, Beastie Boys song you pick out is Intergalactic, you're a 15-year-old girl from the 2020s and not a 47-year-old man from the 80s. Okay, so pray tell, Aislinn. What would have been the, first, the appropriate the first Beastie Boys song that comes to, to reference, my mind. and please deliver it correctly. The first one that comes to my mind is Sure Shot. Sure to make your body rock. That's one. Please deliver it correctly. I I gave it as correctly as I'm going to give it. Oh, you're no fun. The second one would be Brass Monkey, because that's really how I got introduced to the Beastie Boys. Licensed to Ill. In 1994, I think. 1987, I think. Well, but for me, 1994, my friend's 17-year-old brother... I tried out for mascot. Mm -hmm. I was a freshman going into my sophomore year in high school and my dad built me. He took like an old wagon that you pull. Okay. And then he built a cardboard box around the top of it and made it look like a little like cage. Nice. And then we put my brother inside of it. Oh. (laughs) With a tiny little baby cat. You had a human prop. Yes. And then there I was, the mascot trying out with Brass Monkey as I'm dancing to the Brass Monkey. Right, the and Monkey. And making a silly, you know, mascot dance. And then something about a growl because I am going to attack and get in a fight with the tiger that's in the cage. Okay. The Carol Tiger, probably, by the way, because I was always fighting with the Carol Tiger. 
And I'm a lover, not a fighter. If we had been mascot at the same time, God, what a torrid love affair that would have been. <laughs> and would we ever have taken off our suits? <laughs> and I reach inside this cage that my dad has built. And my brother hands me out a little tiny baby kitten. And I pull the kitten out. And the ah. whole crowd is like, oh, Very so nice. So I was a kick-ass mascot with the brass monkey. So like, I was a kick-ass mascot and I was playing cool music. By the Beastie Boys. Did you compete for mascot against other people? Yes. And did they deliver dry kind of old hat routines and here you come out with the Beastie Boys and you clinch it easily? Pretty much. I had the exact same experience. I can tell you though that one of the other girls, the only one I can remember, did compete at a level that might have in the past gotten it, but then she had to compete against me and that was like a whole thing. Yes. And in the time that we were in, so like in 1994, she was dancing around like Uh country music Uh and she had, she actually had rollerblades on. So she was, she was kicking it, right? That's not bad. And she had like a baseball bat, you know, and she Mm -hmm. was like playing the country music, but I rolled out with the Beastie Boys. So that's like the, that's like, that's the sure shot right there. Very good. So I'm looking here at the, the notes from last season. Yeah. Thematically relevant food. Fresh food over takeout, jars, and cans. What does that even mean? You're horrible. What are you talking about here? It looks like I cooked, though. Yes, yeah, yeah, those are the notes that I prepared. You can if go you through listen the list to, of... If you listen to episode 1.38 that was a year ago, it's really a good example of using last year to discover how to cook seasonal vegetables because you cooked. And the reason why you cooked in the episode was because I said, I'm going to go record beer in a movie and... I can, you know, I'll bring in some takeout. And you're like, nope, I've got tomatoes. I've got peppers. I've got squash. I'm cooking. And then I came home from recording and a delicious meal had been prepared. Pisto. Pisto. Which, by the way, I actually made a YouTube video for my pisto making. Because here's the thing with me. There isn't a single thing that I do in life at this point that isn't potentially content (laughs) for something. (laughs) I love you. I love me too. We haven't made pisto since. This seems to be a trend. I mean, that makes sense. The season to have squash and tomatoes and eggplants and peppers and all that is now. So, of course, you haven't made it in a year. Pisto is equivalent to, it's got the Spanish version kind of ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, I remember it being very, very delicious. Also in the episode this time last year, there was a full-blown three-child revolt against the notion that we were going to have more squash z- zucchini boats. <laughs> those are simple. You take a nice big zucchini, you cut it in half, hollow out the guts, put those guts in with meat, onion, spices, and then stuff it, bake it. Kids weren't having any of it. They were so tired of squash and zucchini at that point. So when I mentioned last week the idea that no one really wants to eat a zucchini boat, right? There's proof, yeah. and like the a year later, it's, it's people documented. still don't want to eat a zucchini boat. <laughs> but I'm going to make them eat it if a zucchini grow. Here's the thing that's about to happen. First of all, this flooding means that I can't get into the garden as easily as I had been getting into it. Right. And the rain had been coming and it had been giving my plants good amounts of rain and things were growing at a steady speed. But now I'm literally wading in my knee-high bog boots with water splashing in my knee-high bog boots. Right. So the idea that I'm going to be able to get in there and harvest beans and squash and cucumbers, there's probably going to be some zucchini boats before I can get to some of that stuff. 
Are you concerned that those things are going to be, what's the word, spoiled or ruined by all some of, of this them, rain? Some of them may be. Mm, a lot kinda, of That's got to be painful plants. because of all the painstaking effort that you put into making them happen to begin with. Sometimes it's painful. I mean, the thing about it is it's challenging. This has been such a weird year that we're still having low temperatures in May. And by this time last year, we already had squash coming out our ears. Yeah. We're just now entering the squash phase. And that's because I think you mentioned last week, the planting was off because of that freeze. The planting was off. Things have been shifted. The ripple rain, effect of that freeze rain, is still affecting. It's, I don't it's think it's a ripple effect of the freeze. Well, I think go it's a with it because I thought that the, the ripple effect change. was a fantastic way of, of explaining it. What'd you say? I think it's a ripple effect of climate change. Oh, you think that things are shifting within the year and the within yes. the seasonality? Yes. God, yes. we're not prepared for that at all. We don't know where that's headed. Well, what does that mean we're not prepared for it? Well, you live by that almanac. You live by this seasonal Ooh. notion. We as a humanity, even if you don't know it, it's happening around you. If I don't you're... think most people know anything. <laughs> Thank you for giving us the title of the episode so early, too. Let me write that down before I forget it. Especially about seasonality. That's the thing about farming and gardening and all those things is that you have to be... I was constantly always pushed when I ran Grow Local to get harvest dates in place, tell people what the harvest dates are going to be, let people know exactly when we're going to be harvesting this and As that a shopper at a farmer's market, it is convenient to know, I'll be honest with you. We need to know when to plant. Tell us when to plant this thing. And I would, I was always say that there's like the idea, there's a spectrum. We might get it from this date to this date, right? But we might not. Last year, I was telling people as we entered May that it's kind of time to stop planting. Stop. Yeah. Now I'm like, there's so much rain. We're getting so much water. We have no idea what we're still having cool temperatures. Continue planting. Keep planting. Wow. You know, because we may have a different summer. In some way, what I'm expecting, because what we generally see is May, June, July, August, September is our summer. Okay. Did you hear me say that, folks that aren't from Texas? That's five months of higher of summer temps. heat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Five months of 85 to 100 and something, right? Then we finally start to drop back down again. Well, now we're in May and still seeing temperatures of 60 degrees. And haven't even really gotten into the 90s outside of maybe once. And I think that was actually in April. And then now, okay, well, are we going to see June, July, August, September, October? Is that going to make that shift? Or is it going to be that we actually have a true shorter summer? I mean, like, what's this summer going to be? There is nothing more interesting to me than this. How the planet works how the weather works. How it's moving, how to predict it. Can Absolutely. you predict it? Can I predict it? And I can't. I don't try to predict it. Right. What I try to do is... You have date. Hold on. You have date stops. You say Valentine's Day. That's one of yours. But that didn't work this year. What do you mean? Remind me. We had a freaking... Freeze. Four-day serious freeze yeah. on February 14th this <laughs> year. Okay? So everything I thought I knew... I don't know shit. And I'm the one that's supposed to know it all. <laughs> this time one year ago, the girls or my daughter was into iCarly again. Like it came up to stream on something. And in iCarly, I guess one of the things they make is spaghetti tacos. So the kid said, listen, if y'all are going to make us eat these zucchini boats, we get to make what we want to make. And we want to make spaghetti tacos. Guess what a spaghetti taco is? It's spaghetti 
in a inside taco. of a taco shell. <laughs> you, Aislinn, you gave them two rules. Yes, of course I did. Of course I gave them two rules because, you know, rules are so important to me. You're a horrible, right? you're I'm a horrible rule-making mother. Such a good rule maker. Make the spaghetti sauce from scratch, of course, right? We're going to have basil, oregano, things that come out of the garden. And you have to make a salad. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a fresh salad. Right. And of course, at the farmer's market, still, but you're not harvesting much. There's still some, you know, lettuces as we Is know. there really still lettuces coming there, out there of the There was last market? week. And of course, the farmer's market was canceled tonight. So I'll, wow. I'll be able to answer that next week. Wow. You see, that alone is a thing. To have lettuce in May. It's badass. Last week, we talked about your upcoming girls' night around the fire ascension event. Mm-hmm. There was no cooking that night. Right. Then my mom's 80th birthday was this past week since the last time we recorded. And we went out to our favorite restaurant where I didn't have a mild panic attack in the uh, conversation, which I'm glad to report. No, actually, I was seeing you have a mild panic attack at the beginning of the thing. I remember, remember me asking you. Well, you said, are you stressed out? You feel a little anxiety? Yeah. Because no, you no, were no, like, no. Cause you were, on, cause not, because the waitress re- came over to talk to us, and the waitress is one of my our good friends, yes, right? Yes, we're at yes, a private yes. table in the back of the restaurant, and she's talking to me about something that has nothing to do with dinner, and you are talking to her like she's a waitress you've never met before. That is not the truth. Yeah, it is. What did I do? And you were like, um, I need to make sure I go ahead and get the bill, and it's going to be these people and these people, and I want to go ahead and order a bottle of wine and put it on the table. And you just kept like, and all of a sudden after it kind of was said and done, I was like, he's nervous. He's nervous about what's about to happen. That had nothing to do with the way that I was talking to our friend. I was just letting her know that these are some things that I would need. Because, And, and here's the thing. I'm glad you brought this up. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm going to negate the idea now that when I go to restaurants, I'm some kind of nervous wreck. Okay, that's just not usually the case at all. There were out-of-town friends. I knew that I was going to be the one to kind of create the atmosphere, and I wanted to get all of that taken care of before we get started so I could settle in. I would have done that for your birthday. I would have done that for my own birthday. That's just the planning way that I am. Number two... When a really good friend is is the waitstaff for the evening, I find that a little strange, but I'm sure you handle it fine. I don't think about it like that. So when she waits on us, when we're there with like my family, yeah. which she knows, yeah. just as well as she knows me at this point. I think you're, she pointed and out a ring that she was wearing that your mom my had mom given gave her. her. Exactly. That, that, that level of friendship. Exactly. And then we're there with the owners of the restaurant, the chef. So she's like integrated into that meal. True. Right. So in this particular circumstance, once the meal begins and we're all in conversation, I don't think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't see her as Kim, my friend anymore, although she is, and I'm always going to treat, I'm going to treat her as whatever. The reason I brought it up is because there was a noticeable anxiety that was happening at the beginning. There was no one else there. So, and I think she gets that too. Like if it's all really comfortable. I don't really like the way I'm being painted. I don't like the way I'm being painted. If it's all really comfortable. And if it's accurate, I really don't like it. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll ask her. She'll tell us. She's honest as can be, so. Oh, I like the idea of that being an unanswered question. <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. I hope that I get proved wrong. But I can almost guarantee you that Kim would say, yeah, there was definitely a level of anxiety coming off of you. Did it relax as the evening went on? A little bit. I did notice that thing about us where we spend the entire time talking. And you were trying really hard to prove 
our family, our love, our life, what we do, what we're into, oh, what our kids like are into. I don't like this conversation at all. <laughs> I didn't see that at all. I thought that we were all kind of talking about similar things. Mm-hmm. The friends with the Airbnbs and all that. Yeah, no, of no. course. Totally. My point was simply that we didn't cook a lot between this <laughs> recording and last recording. Right. And I threw a little temper tantrum. You wanted to tell that story. Tell it. Tell it. I have anxiety and temper tantrums. I didn't have any intention of talking about your temper tantrum. So I um, come from... If you want to talk about a temper tantrum, feel free. This is how the week went down. So we had dinner out and then takeout and then dinner out. And in the meantime, I'm literally harvesting buckets of vegetables every single day. Corn, potatoes, beans, Mm -hmm. squash cucumbers, tomatoes, still having greens, still having broccoli, still having cauliflower, ridiculous amounts of good stuff, right? So I'm like, man, we got to get cooking. Man, we got to get cooking. So on Saturday, I talked him into going out to help me out at the farm. And it wasn't like I had to twist his arm or anything. I needed some help with mowing and laying mulch around my gardens. Thank God, because I knew the floods were coming. You, I need, knew you needed the these guns? Coming. Yeah. And so on our way back... He suggested like, hey, let's go have a drink and a snack with Savannah over at this place we like to go to. So I was like, okay, well, that turned into like more of dinner. Yeah. And then that turned into dessert. And so we had dinner that night. We went to a second place for dessert. Then Sunday came along and he was like, no, don't worry. I'm going to make that dish on Sunday. Okay. Awesome. And then Sunday rolled around and he was like, I'm not going to make this dish today. I'd run out of time. Yeah. So he cancels the food. And that's the thing. It's like. There's a plan and there's a plan that's put into action and you can't trust the plan. That's the problem. On Sunday, I go, well, when are you going to cook the thing with all this other stuff that you're doing? Because you've planned like 800 things and you're like, don't worry, I got it. I got it. I'm going to get it all done. So then I go out and I work my tail off, man. I mean, I dug in because with all this rain, we're weeding, we're harvesting. I'm down on my knees and I was out there for hours, right? So I get home and I go, what's for dinner? And you go, I ordered a pizza. Okay, I can handle this. It's fine. Pizza's good. I ordered you a grain-free pizza no, from you your favorite place no, you to didn't. get you a grain-free pizza. You didn't order me a grain-free pizza. pizza. You ordered me a gluten-free pizza. Mm. I order the cauliflower crust. Yes. There's a lot of f***ing rules. There's a lot of rules. When it comes to my food, there is a lot of rules. Mm -hmm. Listen, the point of the story isn't anything other than the fact that I I literally cried. Yeah. I cried. I've got bucket loads of vegetables that are starting to go bad. My parents are not in town right now. Right. So everyone decided to not cook and not be on the planet of the farm in may when the most produce i've ever grown in all of my time right. by myself is coming out of the because garden. the notion that we can cook these things expired and now it can't be done until the next night it is well you do realize food actually does expire of course it does so that's reality you're not like saying something that isn't real i'd You're like not to move on cans out of the cabinet no we are not we never do however we We did make, and we have talked about this on the show before, and we're just going to have to talk about it again. And this has become, among the six of us, our number one meal. And we want you to make it at home. It's the broccoli, cauliflower, chicken, macaroni, and cheese. 
So I was harvesting the last, I mean, really pretty much, certainly the last of the cauliflower. I would have never in the past planted broccoli and cauliflower and things like that after February 14th. Right. Or, but because of the way the freeze happened, I didn't have anything, like it was time to plant. I didn't have anything to plant except broccoli and cauliflower plants. So all the broccoli and cauliflower plants I planted, I'm still harvesting from. It's insane. And to be able to say, I just pulled off enough broccoli and cauliflower to do our favorite broccoli and cauliflower dish in May. It's a confusion. It's a complete confusion. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful confusion. I said, hey, you better invite Mr. Picky over because this is one that I know he's going. He likes broccoli, right? I think so. Then he's going to like this. (laughs) I already know I'm making two versions of this thing. A gluten-free for you and a normal for everyone else. We should probably change our terms because you're just as normal as everybody else. (laughs) This is the recipe that kicked off the entire mother sauce challenge back in season one. Because we make a bechamel for it and then add cheese to it to make the cheesy cream sauce. But then Lily says, my vegetarian friend is coming over. Mm -hmm. So can you make one without the chicken? Of course I can, my love. I want to know what we're going to do with our life when teenagers don't show up at our door to eat dinner. I think we're going to have to collect new teenagers. (laughs) That's... No, I'm not. I, I, I don't want theor- to do no, that. I, why? I have some theories about this. Randos off the street? No, 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 Neighbors? No, no. What? I'm not like there's something about us that it's, we love feeding these kids. We love feeding these kids. So the idea. We love feeding these kids because it is dedicated time together where conversations can occur where there is no phone in your hand. That's, mm-hmm. that's the point. I don't care to do that necessarily with strange teens. Which could be another episode title, by the way. (laughs) I just imagine us having a little bit of fun on the farm with bringing in folks to help us out with the farm. And we... Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Feed them. Like woofers or a farmhand that's a young... After after the hard work is done, Mm -hmm. there's a family-style table where you are invited. Yes. I can see myself getting into that, too. I can see you getting into it, too. Because the, the empty nester thing is starting to, like... It's. I'm starting to feel it. And the thing about it is, is technically I have a year, but we have a few more because I've got Savannah and Savannah's friends are around and all of that. But I'm used to having a house full of kids for the last two decades of my life. I've had a house full of kids and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I really don't. Like I, I think that I imagined the world where can we get them to a place where I can finally get them out of the house so I can have my own free time. And now I'm like, Oh, no, I don't want to have my own free time. I mean, I like my own free time. Well, I mean, we had three kids last night with our... I know, that's what I'm saying. I Three different it. kinds of macaroni and cheese. And I don't want them to rush off from the table. And so I want to... And I love that, that you cook special food for them. I love that we can have honest conversations about everything, really. I mean, truly. Like, at, at this point, with that little crowd of kids, they've been around enough, long enough... We're talking about everything. Let me just assume that you're going to make this at home with one kind of noodle, right? You boil your noodles as per the package. When there is four minutes left in the noodles, you throw in your pre-floretted, which is kind of like grated, broccoli and cauliflower. Cook that in the same boiling pasta water for two minutes. Then you drain it, two minutes shy of the normal cooking time of the pasta. You've been making your cheese sauce in the meantime, which is your flour... I used arrowroot, of course, to make it gluten-free. Your milk, Dijon mustard, salt, and then any special spices that you put in. I threw in all kinds of crazy crap. 
Mix all of that into the bowl, the pasta, the vegetables. I neglected to say that I'd made the chicken and chopped it up. This is when you throw it in as well. Then throw the cheese sauce in, mix, mix, mix. Put it into your buttered casserole dish into the 400 oven for 20 minutes or so. So it's a macaroni and cheese casserole, casserole yeah. that you add vegetables and meat to. The key. Double your cheese sauce. Double your cheese sauce. Because tonight, when I make a fresh pot of green beans as soon as we're done recording and some corn, mm. I just got to throw that back into the oven, get it reheated up. And because I've doubled the cheese sauce, it's not this dry, you know, when we <laughs> pull it out of the oven. Delish. We will post this recipe on our Facebook minimally. So go find it and make this and be a hero in your home, too. Mm-hmm. I know it's only May. And I know that our trip to Houston that we've talked about, we're going to take a weekend off, quote unquote, post-COVID or COVID is relaxing or whatever. It's time to start planning this trip. And it's time, I think, about now to make the first decision, Airbnb or a hotel. Okay, come on. For real, let's think. Audience, what do y'all think I would normally choose? Do I seem like an airbnb or a hotel stayer? I saw an article online today. About how Airbnb is under some heat because they've been during COVID adding additional fees to try to recoup even more lost revenue. I think that if a company needs to increase their fees in order to make it worth their money, then I don't have an. They're going to meet the marketplace it. where the marketplace needs to be didn't, met, or they're didn't not. Didn't we going have a to. conversation tonight about how you had to put an escalation clause in for wood fences? I did. You know, we build fences for a living, and when it comes to lumber. And treated pine and the framework of a fence, I've never seen prices like this. And I've never seen in the wood market the idea that prices are going up every two or three days for that kind of lumber. So yeah, you're right. I did put an escalation clause in for wood prices where this quote is only good for 48 hours. That comes with a lot of education to the customer that doesn't understand that because they're not used to seeing it. I'm not in control of the lumber market. This fence will be more expensive in a couple of days and I've got nothing to do with it. For me, it has to do with the fact that I don't think people really think about money correctly. Hmm. I just don't think we have a really strong understanding of the fact that money is just something we made up to use to trade. And so the idea that you would create some kind of disillusionment about the fact that when a company decides they need to raise their prices for things, that they're doing something wrong. Because the fact of the matter is, is if they raise their prices, then they make more money then the people that make more money off of that have more money to spend on other things. You see how that works? That's economy. It sounds like you're leaning toward then Airbnb. Well, yeah, because... They've thrown an extra fee in there or two. It's probably justified. Oh, do you think that they don't throw an extra fee or two in there on the hotels? Because the thing about Airbnb wasn't necessarily just because it tends to be a little less expensive. It's because you're having a more interesting experience. Yeah, it's because I'm not staying That's on always been my tourist favorite thing about row it. Yeah. in the town that I want to not be on tourist row in. It's and, because I'm getting to a, choose which part of town I want to stay in. True, and it's a much easier way to have a more local flavor during your stay. Absolutely. And, and for us, certainly in the earliest days of Airbnb, we're outright staying in people's houses. Mm-hmm. The houses they live in. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's an element of, like, interestingness to it. And... 
I don't know. I just don't lock into the same types of fears that other people do. Like the general mainstream of fears, I don't lock into those fears like other people do. So our first time to do a weekend out of town in quite a while, the way that we've done that in the past is that we seek out very specific things. Interesting places to eat, interesting places to have a beverage, outdoor... Outdoor activities. Activities. If I can get some kind of farmer's market, community garden, okay. anything like that in there, then it's a tax write-off. So I'm uh, always going to do that too. So we're going to seek that out the same way that we always have? I mean, I'm ready to put together my Google map of all the farm-to-table restaurants and all of the community gardens and all of the farmer's markets and those things that we tend to enjoy when we go for a weekend in a city somewhere. I just don't... And we talked about this before. Like I have... I don't have a great draw to Houston the way, right. you know, I, I don't want to be in downtown Houston. I know. You know downtown Houston. I do. I know right. downtown Houston. I know the. I feel though that downtown Houston wouldn't be the best place for you and I to stay because that's not matching the kind of Well, you know what? Actually, when have. I, the last time I went to Houston, it was for Lily's volleyball game. Yeah. And we stayed in an Airbnb and we stayed in a really cool, like part of downtown Houston that other people were like, Oh my God, you're staying in like, that's a scary part of town. And I was like, really? Yeah, you were and down near the medical district. Me and one other girl. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I stayed in downtown next to the big convention center where the girls played volleyball. Oh, George R. Brown Center near the Discovery Green. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I stayed. Near and Discovery that's a nice Green. place to stay because there's Within so walking much, distance from yeah, Discovery Green. It's this upspring yes. of, of yes. urban renewal that's, that's kind of... Amazing yeah, to yeah. look at. But I mean, all of That's that... That's not the experience we're going for now. I've already been there. Understood. You know? And I've been there several times. Yeah. I don't even know what experience I'm looking for anymore. Houston, Texas has got the most restaurants per capita of America. And when I say restaurants, I'm not talking Cracker Barrel. I'm talking any kind of ethnic cuisine that you want. Dim sum. Mm-hmm. Available. Cool. In spades. We need to look this up. Do they make dim sum with the rice paper? I think they do. I can probably a find you it. some gluten-free options at a dim sum restaurant, and Houston's going to be the city to have it because we don't even have yeah, dim sum cool. when we live in. That's fun. I see that. I'm more down with that this mm-hmm. time. Even I know we'll idea... eat Indian food. I know we will because we always do when we travel because we're always looking for exceptional Indian food. And there's certain things that I just love. Like there is a great Indian food in Rice Village that I love to go to. And if you want a $100 a person farm to table 13 course bite meal, I know I can find it for us. Of course. Of course. We got a concert. Yes. The Black Crows. Yeah, and which we... I just, I'm so curious to see. You know what? I think I've become a bit of a hermit. You know? You think you have? Yes. Because I think about this thing and I'm like, what do I really want to do? And do I really want, like, I, I'm, what do you want I'm to trying do? to think about art myself museum? Let's go to vacation. The, they have fantastic you know art museums. Let's, Let's go, go to the see art some museum. art museums. The best art museum I ever went to was in Houston. Yes. Because I, when I was in college, I was taking a... Um, I'm trying to kill this fly. I'm excited about the trip. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> When I was in college, I was in fine arts classes. I did take some fine arts classes in college. And you got extra credit if you went to the... Mental Collection? Houston Fine Arts Museum? Houston Fine Arts Museum. Yeah. And I think this was in the beginning stages where I was first beginning to realize that my mom would go anywhere because she wanted to just go. She wanted to be with me. And she wanted to go. And so I think I might have just... Your folks' attitude on travel is... 
Well, I'm, I think Fantastic. I might have just politely mentioned like, oh, if I went to Houston, I could go to this thing and I need to go see this. You know, I could get extra credit. And mom was like, let's, let's do go. it. Yes, I've got you a hotel Three room. And a half let's hours. go. Here let's we go. go. Yeah. Let's do it. I saw Starry Starry Night. Oh, of uh, Vincent Van Gogh? Yes. Wow. I saw so many things. I, I want to say I even saw the Mona Lisa. I've seen the Mona Lisa in the Louvre. Uh-huh. I think I saw the Mona Lisa there too. Did they take the Mona Lisa out? It was, that was the thing that happened. This was a fine arts exhibit in mm-hmm. Houston mm-hmm. that was those pieces yeah. that you would have to travel all over the world to the, see. The concert is in the woodlands, right? So we're going to go through Houston on our way up. Mm-hmm. We'll stop at a fine arts museum. We'll stop at the dim sum restaurant. Then we'll get up there. There is a fancy okay, schmancy farm to table dinner for Friday night. If it's already okay. planned out, you, clearly, you know, I, I'd love all of this. Okay. You've and already I won't got have, it planned? I won't have any anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. No, I think you have anxiety that I've just now begun to notice. Um, okay. Hold on. Here's the thing. I have a thought because no. you sent me the fact like that, that this farm to table restaurant in Bryan, Texas, that's yeah. special to our heart. Because Ronan, been, we talked about it on uh-huh. the episode. Yeah. Yes. We've talked about it here. That they're reopening and they mm-hmm. just are reopening like today or yesterday or whatever. Seems like everyone in Texas is reopening today or yesterday. Yeah. Thank God. Right. I was even thinking because College Station is within like an hour and a half or two hours. It's, it's really close to the woodlands. I'm almost wondering if we go to college station and we like have dinner at Ronan with the dinner. boys and then we go to no Houston. No, that's not a romantic weekend. We can I, do that another time. I want to see we my boys. We can do that And I want to take them to time. a nice dinner and I want to support my friends at Ronan. I'm putting my foot down. You and me, romantic. Keep those boys out of here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, he never puts his foot down. I don't know what the hell's going on. I put my foot down. I put my foot down. How you gonna kick it? Gonna put my foot down. <laughs> you can sing when you want to. I can dance when I want to. Because <laughs> the CDC said I could. <laughs> I'm just enjoying your show. Oh, but am I supposed to do something where I say, and now it's time for table topics? What is the most important right a person has? Right? Right. What is the most important right a person has? Yeah. The right to choose, period, blank, stop. I'm going to completely agree with you. I think that we're done. Do you have the right to choose of whether you wear a mask? These days, it seems like you do. Well, if you live in Texas, you do. Mm, Does a legal entity known as a business have the right to suggest that their customers do? Of course they do. And then you've got the right to not go in there if that bothers you. Correct. And I do. I mean, like, there are places I don't go to anymore. See, I'm so not into that. But here's the thing. If my friends and family are there, or if it's something that it's what I desire, Mm -hmm. then whatever. I'll do whatever I need to do to whatever. But I have an issue with the optics of it. You mean the optics of you can take your mask off when you sit down, but the three-foot walk from the door is required for a mask. Those optics seem a little odd to you? The optics that we have a sign on our, a big, fancy, beautiful poster on our door that Mm -hmm. says, don't come in here without your mask, right? And you go inside with your mask on. You're polite. You go inside because I'm a polite person and I'm kind and I care about other people. And I love this establishment, so it doesn't matter if you ask me to wear a mask or not, I'm going to go in there. And I go inside the door and... Half the staff has their mask on where their nose is sticking out the top of it. And 
Every time you walk up to talk to the bartender, he takes his mask off so to talk to you so you can hear him yeah, and exactly. talk to him. Right. Because that's about optics, not about the actual science of keeping someone healthy. My favorite part is the shift in thought and the idea that for a long, long time during the whole COVID thing, people just knew. I know. I know. And I'm going to argue and I'm going to fight because I know. And as it shifted and changed and gone up and gone down and you didn't know and I don't know and you don't know. So I'm just doing the same thing I did from the very beginning and that's giving people a lot of leeway. The more important thing for me is the idea that we are a society that must get along to be cohesive and I'm ready for us to stop fighting about everything. Well, the only way to stop fighting about everything is for people to let people make their right to choose. You have to fight for your right to choose to party we're gonna have to collect new teenagers well thank you so much for listening to another episode of dinner table talks we will be back next monday with a fresh episode in the meantime hit us up on social media send us an email dm us whatever we want to hear from you and we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you